Welcome to the Reasons for Hold podcast. I am Tolly Talks, which means that Arnold is on holiday because normally we introduce each other. So if you're hearing me introduce myself, it means that Arnold is on holiday. And this is really, really important, especially in World Mental Health Week. So make sure that you are checking in on yourself. Make sure that you're checking in on your friends to make sure that they're genuinely okay and they are getting that rest and relaxation that we all need. So I am joined today by Denise. So Denise, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm really excited to talk to you. Thank you so much, Tolu, and thank you for inviting me. I'm looking forward to it. Great conversation to be had, right? Yes. So when we had, so I initially invited you for for my podcast, but as we were talking, I was like, Denise needs to be on RTV as well because (laughs) (laughs) Denise is amazing. So I'm really, yeah, really looking forward to you you sharing something with with our listeners. Would you mind giving a quick introduction of, of who you are? Yes, I can do that for sure, Denise Farquharson. I am, goodness, a a mother. I'm a author. I'm a coach. I'm recently an inventor as well, actually. And I am also a pastor's wife. And I love my faith. I have been a Christian for a very long time. <laughs> Since I was 14 <laughs> years old. In fact, I was telling somebody today wow. that, um, you know, when I was looking for faith, I was mm. genuinely looking, genuinely mm. looking. Not just Katie, it didn't just come across me. I mm. was genuinely looking for faith. And I think from a very early age, I had that yearning for just living a life of strong faith and relationship. And I found it and i've not looked back since really so yeah so did you grow up in a christian household or where did that kind of yearning come from you know it's a great question i don't know my my family were very um religious but they weren't necessarily christians so you know they they abided by you know you say your grace you go to church you know christmas time and easter time and so on you don't swear in the house, you know. You obviously won't drink or take drugs until you're 18, you know. The, the, those <laughs> sorts of rules and regulations yeah. were definitely there. Okay. But they weren't necessarily, you know, reading the word of God necessarily or openly praying or I wouldn't run to my mum and say, mum, 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 please pray for me because mm. I've got this situation. It wasn't, you know, that kind of situation at all or even a grandmother that I could go to. I know a lot of people have a grandma or a granddad that's yeah, in the family grandma. that think yeah. uh, the prayer yeah. warrior and all that didn't happen <laughs> any of that unfortunately um but had good moral family around me but they weren't necessarily able to guide me to yeah. my real standing in faith yeah yeah exactly so yeah so i found it through when I was uh, growing up, so I did my primary school in the UK, but my secondary school I did in Jamaica. Oh, wow. So whilst growing up there, we had a helper who was at the house helping my mom because my mom ran a business. She's always been a very good, strong businesswoman. And she had a helper and that helper used to go to church. So I would always beg her, please let me go to church with you. Let me go to church with you. And she eventually let me go a couple of times and I knew, okay, it was kind of something like this that I wanted and was looking for. Wasn't quite the church that my mom was going to. So that was a little bit of a, oh dear, how do I manage this? Um, 
And then eventually when I started to go to boarding school, I ended up going to um, a place where they had to shut the boarding school down. And when they did that, they allowed the girls, because it was an all girls school, to be uh, boarding to local community. So people in the local community took the girls in. And over a period of time, I ended up with the school secretary. She took in about eight girls. And then I moved on to different boarding places because I didn't stay in one place because of various reasons. That's a whole book by itself, Tolu. (laughs) So I'll do that another time. Um, But I did end up in uh, a place where it was um, someone who sold insurance to my mum said, and my mum said, oh, my my daughter's looking for another place to go. It's year nine. She's about to settle down and take her exams. And he said, actually, well, I'm living in that city. I'll take her in. And he was actually a deacon at the church. No way. Yeah. (laughs) And by doing that, I automatically went with them on a Sunday. They were a strong believing you know christian family and i knew it was the right place for me and i just fell in love got baptized received the holy spirit everything just fell into place um because i was genuinely seeking yeah yeah, for sure when you say you were searching like what did that look like was that an internal thing that you were going through were you praying about it like what did that look like when you say you were genuinely seeking I was genuinely seeking because I knew there was an internal yearning, desire. Mm. I would pray, but I wouldn't... I can't think back now whether the praying that I did was the type of praying that I do now. Because I think I've learned how Mm. to pray in a much more stronger way now, years later. But I think God saw my heart. He knew that I was yearning for more of Him. I think... Every human being has that yearning to a certain degree, but where Mm. they find it and where they seek for it and where they get it, Mm. it can be in all sorts, drugs, alcohol, prostitution, you know, and it can be church, it can be prayer, it can be the word of God. People are always yearning for a higher power of something Mm. and wanting to look to, you know, people say they look to the universe, for instance. They're always looking for a higher yearning for something that's bigger and better than them that can guide them and lead them. For me, it was God and I found it in him, for sure. And so what was your journey like from from that? So you said you've been a, a pastor's wife for like 30 years or something. So mm-hmm. what was your journey? Did you ever think that was something that you would want oh. to do? <laughs> no. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, right, Tolu. I prayed and I said, dear Lord, I want to be a pastor's wife. No, Some no, people no. do, you know. Some people <laughs> literally make that prayer that you just said. They literally do. Pass off to them if they did and if they got it, amen. But... <laughs> Um, but when it happened, because then I got married when I was 21, my husband was 23. So in this day and age, that would be classed as quite young. Quite young, yeah. But the thing is for us is that we always grew up being taught, you know, whatever you have got inside of you, whatever you've been given, give it to others. So always witness to others, always share, always evangelize and help another soul to be saved. Help another person to get that yearning that I had to be realized. Mm. And by doing that, and we both had that kind of style about us. My husband was always just, we would just talk to people on the bus or we would just talk to people in, at the time we were living in an eighth floor council flat, we'd talk to our neighbors and we would 
we just started having songs and prayer and reading the Bible and we'd invite all our neighbours and our friends and then it just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and we were realising, I think starting a church. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, the church we were going to at the time, my husband spoke to that person and said, look, you know, this is, this is getting bigger and I, we can't keep coming to yeah. travel every day, you know, all, every Sunday now. We've got all these people to the point where we used to hire a minibus and take people to the church that we were going to. And he was kind of like, you know something, I think you're going to have to start being the pastor in that location now. Um, And that's how it all started, really. So it wasn't a call or a prayer request. It was more of a genuine respond to the yearning to help somebody else's yearning, if you see what I mean, and need for God in their life. And it, it came from that. It sounds a bit simple, doesn't it? But I know. <laughs> yeah, I know. It sounds so natural, if that makes sense. Just like a natural mm. progression. Um, so when that started to happen, how did you feel? Uh, I think I was okay to begin with. But then when the mm. pastorship comes on, that's a whole different ballgame. Because you are now responsible and have taken on that mantle mm. and I'm now married to a man who's taken on a mantle mm. that he's responsible for someone else's soul mm. right that's that's that the role <laughs> that's the role of a pastor right mm. and to shepherd that person and persons mm. and persons because it mm. began to grow mm. 10s, 20s, 30s, 40s, young people, older people, middle-aged people, men, women. It's a whole plethora of a congregation that you are going to have to navigate who they are, how they respond, how's their prayer life, how's their walking with the Lord, how's their gifts of the Spirit, how they're doing with their fruit, what do I teach them today? And I know he goes through that, so I'm kind of behind him supporting to make sure that happens and then also trying to do oh I could do something with Sunday school or I could do something with the young people and maybe I could do something with the women and I've got the ability to do it but which way do I go Lord and I I guess I've got to pray it the right way as well to make sure I do the right thing and it's it's a pretty big task and you've got to you've got to get it right because that's somebody's soul in your hands so to speak that you, yeah. you know, navigate it the right way. It's tricky, tricky, mm. but we're still human. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued. Um, you mentioned about, you know, and I don't quite know the right way to phrase this, right? But okay. sometimes, for example, a lady might marry a pastor, but not mm-hmm. feel like she's called to pastor as well. And in that mm-hmm. sense, she's pastor's wife, but not necessarily a pastor and a wife mm-hmm. would you say that you feel like you're a pastor and a wife or like mm. your pastor's wife and you're there more to support your husband as he pastors or like how do you because i think that sometimes that can be quite tough for people or if for example i was to marry someone say my wife she's a pastor's kid mm-hmm. and she's always felt like she's pastoral but that, that's what i was trying to think about in terms of people like what does that look like like did you feel for yourself that you were called to be a pastor as well or how did that what did that look like for you no, I don't feel I'm called to be a pastor at all. Okay. Um, I teach, okay. but I don't pastor. 
Okay. And even the other day, I did say to my husband, that situation, this is what I would have said, and that's why I'm not the pastor. <laughs> and I smile sweetly at him, and then he goes, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't mean that I don't teach. I do teach. I do, you know, support the women. I help guide uh, a lot of the women's activities. Um, I spent a long, long time teaching Sunday school children because I felt the yearning going back to when I was younger. Yes. If I had somebody really giving me the guidance I needed when I was younger, before I even found the Lord, mm. I think that would have been really helpful. So I've always put a lot of effort into the children. Mm. And then I put a lot of effort into the young people. After I did a long a stint with the children and then moved on to young people, teenagers, those who are hormones are going crazy, they might be yearning for something, don't yearn for the wrong thing, guys. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So I help them and teach them. And my biggest motto with that is don't become adults with issues. Wow. Yeah. Because every teenager yeah. knows an adult yes. with issues. Yes. So don't become one. So what are we going to do differently today? What are we going to do about our um, thinking? Who's influencing us? Mm. Well, how are we showing up with our talents and skills? Mm. Um, you know, I, I teach them all sorts about life. Mm. To live a good Christian life mm. in life. Mm. Not just to know about Moses and Daniel and Joshua. Yeah. Yeah, so what? What how's do Moses do? Yeah. yeah, how'd that help you now? Um, what is it about Daniel that you need to take on that characteristic? Yeah. And or Joseph, and or Paul, whoever. Yeah. Um, and apply it to your daily life. Yeah. So for instance, I was talking to somebody who's just turned 21, actually. And they were just talking about, oh my goodness, I've managed to get a little apartment for themselves. I said, that's great. I'm really pleased for you. How are your finances? <laughs> and they went, what do you mean? I says, well, would you confidently say 10 out of 10 that you're good with your finances? I says, tell you what, let me just send you a little video that talks about how to be smart with your finances because I want you to succeed. So I don't want you to get in there and six months later, a big bill lands Mm. And you don't know what to do with yourself. So let's use the Bible to help you, right? Mm. When Nehemiah saw the walls falling down in Jerusalem, he put together a plan mm. of how he was going to fix those walls in Jerusalem. What's your financial plan mm. to make sure you have a good foundation that you move out of your family's home, move into that house with a good foundation based on the book of Nehemiah? Let's get into it. Yeah? yeah, because it's great that you can have the boldness and courage like Moses and Joshua to do it. But if you haven't got the plan in place to look after yourself financially, yeah. it's probably not going to work. So I'll help you. So one of the things I did with her was, I tell you what, I'm going to the shop right now. I'm going to buy uh, some spice chai latte. Yeah. It's going to cost me £2.80, but it's going to save me £27 because I'm going to spend £3.50 for a chai latte at Starbucks. Okay? So I've actually saved £26 by spending £2.80. So I'm going to put my £26 into a bank account 
Every time you save 2p, 10p, 20 pounds, 6 pounds, send me a, a quick WhatsApp. And let's start today saving money according to the word of God. Okay? So making the word of God practical and real to people is one of my absolute... So maybe I am pastoring. Maybe I I was going to say, you say you're not pastoring, but this sounds a whole lot like pastoring. (laughs) (laughs) I just realised I probably... That's right. (laughs) I know I'm guiding and mentoring. Pretty much pastoring. Because I was just thinking about it, and even in your, your secular job, you're pastoring, you're coaching, you're guiding, you're directing, and because mm-hmm. you do emotional intelligence, you're helping people with their with their soul in a lot of ways. Yeah. So yeah, even in my own role, um, yeah, there's a certain level of um, pastoral care, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm not going before the Lord as no pastor to tell him and give an account of nobody's soul. <laughs> 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 not today totally not today no. no that's that's my exact exact thoughts on the matter as well that's that's how i feel <laughs> how do you how do you balance your your faith and your work i don't really balance it it's okay. it's it, it's fully there you know you know you get in on a monday morning what have you all been up to at the weekend well on saturday i did this but sunday oh the teaching was just top notch, mm. and the worship—I'll <gasps> express it all. The praise, mm. the dance—I'll tell it all because they know that's what my values are based on, and I don't hide it at all. Mm. They know that I won't lie. They know that I won't be disrespectful. They know that I won't cheat anybody. Mm. They know that I won't, you know, come up with. Uh, a deceitful way to overcome a situation or go behind other people's back. You know, all those typical things that God's telling us not to do versus the things that we should be doing should be showing up in my lifestyle at work. So it's not a balance for me. It is me. Mm-hmm. If that makes have sense. You ever... Yeah, that, that makes sense. And have you ever had any um, any challenges to your faith in the workplace? Not really that stands out necessarily. Mm. There's a lot of things that are happening now in the world that I think are immoral, that are not in my set of values. And if I'm if, if they come before me or I'm queried on it, then I will stand up and say, well, actually, that's not what I believe. Or mm. actually, that's not what my... my um, that's not my, uh, it's against my values as a person. And my values, a lot of them are based on, um, see, I'm just looking to my side there because I always keep my list of values right there, yeah. right yeah. in front of me by my laptop because I look at them every single day. Denise, what are you going to stick by? What are you going to show up as? And will it always be giving God the glory no matter what? Um, but don't get me wrong, even people who are not Christians will tell you that's against my value. I'm not going to do that. Mm. And they, yet they don't even know Christ, much less us who know Christ know him, should yeah. even more so step up and say that doesn't fit with my values at all. Mm. So, yeah, I, I, 
because I walk in faith and my faith is evident in the way I act around others, if it's if it's a situation where it's going against my faith, then th- mm. I will openly say, um, depending on the situation, obviously, um, and where I am and what's happening, and um, or you know, there will be times where I'm just thinking, I don't agree with that, and I'll just go quiet, for instance, and just go, hmm, maybe I need to just think about that a little bit more before I open my mouth. Think, like I said the other day, think before I speak, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. 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 I mean, I'll give you I'll give you a, a really good example actually. It's it's Black History Month at the moment. Mm. I have a really strong belief in a woman's hair being stunning, beautiful, and glorious. Mm. No matter what style or what it looks like or what color it is. Or whether it's 4C, 4B, or 4A. I've only just learned that the other day, by the way. So. <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking about um, the history of black women's hair. And one of the questions came up to say, okay then, ladies, so who's just got the razor and just shaved it all off? And when I when they asked that question, I straight away I just felt it inside of me going oh you shouldn't really do that to me it's almost a sign of because i think of it being such a beautiful piece of us as human beings it's almost a sign of i wouldn't say rebellion rebellion sounds a bit hard but it's kind of like you're just removing a part of god's glory upon you as a woman but that's my personal opinion and a lot of people just went, you know, on, it was a virtual call and a lot of people just responded and said, you know, um, oh, yeah, I've done it because it was falling out. Oh, yeah, I've done it because I would never looked after it properly and therefore, you know, it, it was in a bad way and therefore I started from scratch. So all those things are valid reasons. I get that. But deep down inside, I was just like, but if you just spend time looking after yeah. it. And looking, you know, giving it the good quality care that it needs, as you would with your fingers, as you would with your, yeah. you know, the rest of your body, then, you know, maybe it would be okay. <laughs> but yeah, that's an example of a recent sort of, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and and how do you, how do you navigate some of those things? Because we talk about, you know, emotional intelligence and how we speak to people. And I think that sometimes as Christians, we have a bit of a bad rap as being a little bit like harsh with people. So what are some of the ways that you can express that? Because that's also part of your opinion. That's part of who you are um, in kind of in a way that is, I don't know what the right word is, but how do you express stuff like that when you have disagreements? Um, but as mm-hmm. a Christian, like how do we be better with that? Um, I don't usually do it in a tell mode. I usually do it in... I'd like to just give you my, you know, share some thoughts that I have about this particular subject, A, B, or C. Um, would you mind if I share that? And if you say yes, that means you've given me permission. And therefore, I will then express, I don't think, you know, that cup should really be yellow. It should really be black because... Mm. Or, yeah. And, and, and because you've given me the permission to say so... It's then given me the ability to express my opinion, pass up, because your opinion also means there's some learning and there's some knowledge and there's perspective. Mm. 
And if I, if you allow that, then you're growing in what you've learned, mm. understood mm. from me, and understood and learned a new perspective as well. Mm. And that's what good conversation is all about: is that we can learn from each other. So you've now heard my opinion, which actually doesn't match your thoughts or your ideal. But you've seen another view and heard another view, and you've given me permission to do so as well. Mm. Mm. So I don't usually get into situations where it's harsh and you must not and thou shalt not, and I mean, it, that's not helpful. Mm. Not helpful. <laughs> and also, depending on what it is, you might also hear a different perspective because you've shared yours, and they can then also speak what they believe and then you can have that discourse and that discussion about okay why where does that come from you know so everybody yeah. can learn from that exactly definitely sure so um so and i think you're right i think i like the way you said it totally it's all about that healthy discussion because not everybody knows the bible back to front mm-hmm. um but what i do know i will share and you totally, you might tell me something that I never even knew existed in the Bible before. And all of a sudden, there's discourse mm. that we both grow because of it. Mm. But if we don't open our mouths and say something, we would have never known. Mm. You see, so it's good conversation is always worthy of yeah. taking the time out to do. Yeah. And, and I love that in the Bible where God says about, you know, come, let us reason together. You know, like mm-hmm. God wants that, com- even though he knows everything that could ever be known, he still wants to have that conversation. And that's always blown my mind. You know, why would you want to reason with me when my reasoning is terrible? <laughs> Absolutely. Pat. And I remember, you know, a while back, I was getting a series of um, what I was calling disappointments. Okay. <clears throat> and what I mean by that is, I thought he told me X, I was doing X, and the result was F or G mm. or H, mm. you know, it was just not coming out right at all. And I started to have this discourse with the Lord where I would just walk through the park and just go, okay, Lord, I'm disappointed. I am truly, truly, truly disappointed. But am I discouraged? Hmm. Mm. Is my disappointment causing me to be discouraged? Because if I'm just wow. discouraged... I'm not going to step up and go up and, and do anything again. And I remember just walking along through the park every, for about two, three, four weeks of just this constant disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. And just saying to him, okay, what are you teaching me here? What's the lesson? And once once he gave me that and he started to say, yes, there are lessons, Denise. Every time I started to have the disappointment, we would reason again. I said, okay, Lord, so what's the lesson? Because uh-huh. just in case I thought the lesson was this, actually mm-hmm. it's that. Mm. And that stopped me from getting into the discouragement stage. Because when you get into discouragement with God, it then gets you into a space where you start to, am I really hearing from you? Are you really talking to me? Where is my faith? Did I misunderstand the scripture? Maybe I need to hear it from a pastor. Maybe I need to, you know, get a song Mm. and sing a song and maybe that, you know, I'll get the answer. You know, it really gets you to question. And then when something sly, like the serpent, comes along and whispers something, you think that's the Lord and you can completely veer off on the wrong track. So, yeah, that whole reasoning. I love that. Come, let us reason together. Because I remember going through a whole period of that, of disappointment, 
not turning into discouragement because I reasoned with the Lord about it. So just just as we close, what were some of the things or some of the lessons that you were learning in that time? Because I think we've all been through that where it's like, am I actually hearing you right? Like, did I just get it totally wrong? So what were some of the lessons that you were learning in that time that it all kind of made sense a little bit further on? Well, there were three things, really. One of them was that I was I was hearing. Uh I never, when I was hearing, I never spent enough time to hear the full outcome. So he would say, Denise, I want you to do this. But I wouldn't go, okay, so Lord, when I do it, what should the outcome be? How will I know the outcomes there? I would just go, yeah, go on, do it. Because I'm a doer, right? So I learned, take time to listen for the full picture and not just the task to do. Listen for the outcome and the output. And then I also learned that actually to raise my um, boldness as a Christian, as a woman, as a wife, as a mother, as a you know author, to know without a shadow of a doubt that God has given you his skills, his talent, you're born with, all these things you can use them so never be afraid or uncertain or feel like you're fraudulent in any way because i'd proven i can do the task and then the other lesson i learned was if i wasn't learning these first two lessons then i can hand on heart know it was god who spoke to me because the enemy is not going to tell me to go and do something that uses my talent and skills unless it's for wrongdoing and the enemy is not going to tell me, actually, Denise, uh, wait for the whole picture because he wants me to go off and keep doing and doing and doing and doing and getting discouraged. Mm. So he's not going to tell me, wait for the outcome. So I was just like, you know what, God? <laughs> You're just amazing. Wow. You're just so amazing. Because, wow. yeah, reason mm. with him. Mm. Because he will tell you the full picture. But wait for the full picture but don't get me wrong Tolu remember I mean poor Moses <laughs> he never even got to the promised <laughs> land right <laughs> come on get them out of Egypt and take them to the promised land yes lord mm. okay what was going to be mm. the outcome promised land he never even got but uh, you know what I think standing up on the mountaintop he was like I'm going to keep you up here with me Moses to look at the promised land from afar with me mm. not with them mm. lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> those whiny people so hey you know um gideon did he get it right no he tested he tested fleece mm. And he flees me again, and flees again, Lord, and flees again, Lord. I wasn't doing that. I'd hear the first instruction and go off and do it mm. during that mm. time. Mm. And I think that's kind of what they had to do back then, right? Because he's not, he doesn't have the Holy Spirit the way that we have the Holy Spirit. So he doesn't have that mm. inner witness. Like we would, He's like, okay, this God thing is talking to me. I need to make sure that I'm not going to go kill myself. So yeah, put out your fleece, you know, and as Christians now, like, we have a different way of being led because it says about how you know we're not spoken to in the same way as the prophets of old you know we have that mm. inner witness we have the holy spirit who gives us the witness who talks to us on the inside so it's kind of like 
developing that reasoning and that back and forth is is so important. It definitely is. But then I always teach as well four ways to hear from God. Real quick. Hmm. The word. Definitely. Pick up the word every day. What's in the word? What, what am I going to learn from it? What are you telling me, Lord? How do I apply it? Mm. Uh, the pastor, which is why mm. I'm not one. <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> the Lord can speak to the pastor to give you the mm. answer. Mm. Prophetic. Because mm. totally you could speak into my life to say, you know, mm. I was praying this morning and the Lord told me to tell you, amen. Mm. And then your own personal prayer time as well. Mm four ways and I always stick to those four ways because I always get it those four ways mm. and that's biblical mm. okay mm. Um, mm. and through the power of the Holy Spirit as well when it's personal to you if you've got that Holy Spirit that's thriving blazing coals are on fire not no mm. little ebbing going on and a little bit of fire now and again on a Sunday morning no mm. when it's Monday Tuesday Wednesday th- yep mm. you will definitely hear from the Lord for sure, because you, mm. you you you're on par. You've got relationship. You've got conversation mm. going. You've got dialogue, not monologue. Mm. That's key to mm. grow I love as that. a Christian. I love that dialogue, not monologue. I love that. Yeah, Denise, I feel like our time has been too short, and you might have to come back at some point <laughs> because I've really enjoyed That's our conversation. Fine. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. You are welcome. Thank you so much, Tolu. Thank you. Bless you. Absolute pleasure. And thank you guys so much for listening and see you on the next episode. Peace.